Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job teaches us how to stand strong when our faith is under pressure. Some of us have little opportunity to influence people because we're just like everybody else is around us. Some of us have never learned the power of making a decision in advance. I believe that God gives us favor when we make decisions that are strong and we hold to those decisions regardless of the peer pressure around us. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. As Christians, there will be times when our faith is put to the test, when our boundaries are challenged, and the strength of our resolve will either carry us through or crack us under pressure. As we inch further into our new series called Allegiance, Kingdom Living in a Foreign Land, we're learning from the example of Daniel on how to build up a resolve that can really take the heat. Today we're continuing part two of a message titled The Power of Resolve. And to get us going, here's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. Chances are that under pressure, you're going to cave into the pressure unless there's a clear drawn line. Are you tracking with me? A young girl goes off to college. She's 18 years old, coming from a faith background, Christian background. Meets a guy that's a clean-cut, nice, young college kid. She thinks, I can bring him to mom. Mom will probably like him. He likes the fact that she's a Christian. He likes the fact that she goes to church and that has a strong faith. But they get into the relationship and then suddenly he starts to say, Hey, we're three, four months into this relationship. You know, I don't feel like I'm getting the kind of love that I want or need from you to give because we're three or four months into it. I mean, look, everybody else on campus, three or four months into the dating relationship, they're already having sex together, but you're withholding from me. And, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit left out, like you don't love me, like what's going on? And so in the middle of one of these intense, passionate kisses in a car late at night, he starts to float his hands to places that he shouldn't float his hands and get a little bit more aggressive. And there is a decision that she has to make in the heat of the moment. And the decision has to be, will I cross this line or not? And can I, can I tell you something? Listen. Unless that line is clearly, clearly resolved in advance, if you don't have a clear decision about what you're going to do, if you don't have a clear line in your mind, if you haven't clearly stated that line, then in the heat of passion, in the moment of pressure, when you're not thinking straight, where he's saying, hey, we love each other, what's wrong with this? Then I can guarantee you, you will cross that line unless you determine in advance what that line is. Unless you resolve in your mind in advance, then you will not maintain sexual standards or purity in your life. You will cross those lines guaranteed unless you've made a strong resolve in your mind. 
When that young woman goes off to college and in her mind she says, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I belong to God. I have an allegiance to God above anything. If there's a boyfriend that's worth dating, then he's going to have to commit to waiting until he puts a ring on my finger and then I will give myself fully to him, but I will not cross the line until then. That's called a resolve. That's called, I've made a decision in advance. It's a resolution. It's a determination. Daniel had determined in advance, I will resolve not to defile myself. And so when the testing time came, Daniel knew where the line was, and he said, I will not cross that line because I've determined in advance. So not only does resolve prepare you to resist enculturation, resolve empowers you to overcome testing. And number three, resolve gives you the courage to influence others. Verse 11 says, Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse 12 Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. What I want you to notice about these verses is that when Daniel was willing to stand alone, he also attracted others that were willing to stand with him. Do you realize that there's a lot of people that are afraid to take a stand? In fact, my gut feeling is that some of you think that you're the only Christian at your job, but maybe you're not. Maybe there's a whole bunch of undercover Christians at your job. And you think, oh Lord, there's 100, 200, 300, 400 people working at my job. I'm the only Christian here. How do you know? I've never seen anybody read their Bible. I've never seen anybody pray. No one talks about Jesus. Everybody just talks about how they partied the weekend before. I'm the only one. And then you decide, I'm going to come out of the closet spiritually. I'm not going to hide anymore the fact that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And you pull out your Bible and lunch break, you're reading your Bible and having your devotional. You, you decide uh, that, that, you're, that people see you bow your head before lunch and pray. You're reading your scripture and suddenly someone comes up to you at your job and kind of eases over to you and says, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm reading my Bible. They say, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> and you look at them shocked because you've never seen a Christian behavior out of them because they've participated in everything, laughed at everything, done what everything everybody else did, but now they see that you're a Christian, and so they have the boldness to come out of their closet a little bit and say, hey, I'm a Christian too. You see, some people are looking for someone that believes strongly enough that they're willing to stand for their convictions and stand for their faith. We're looking for someone that's not ashamed of being a follower of Jesus. Someone that knows who their allegiance is to. And they may whisper over to you and say, you know what, people are calling you names. And you say, like what? Like Jesus freak, Bible thumper, Mother Teresa II. 
I mean, they have all kinds of names. You're a, a sect, a cult, you're, you're, you're a, a fanatic, you're a freak. Do you know they're calling you that? But when you say, you know what, that's okay because my allegiance is to someone greater, someone higher, someone bigger. I am a follower of Jesus the Christ. What it does is it causes the shy, the timid, the backslidden, the half-hearted that wish they had the boldness, then suddenly they come out and they say, you know what, I'm a Christian too. You've encouraged me to stand up for my faith. You challenged me. I've been coming to this job for years. No one even knows I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday morning, but I've been intimidated, enculturated. I've been subdued, shut up by the world around me, by the culture. I've been afraid to really stand for what I believe. I want you to notice that it tells us in this passage that, that suddenly he says, please test your servants and give us nothing but vegetables. In other words, it went from Daniel alone to now it's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want you to remember, they're probably 15, 16 years old at the time, and suddenly you have four teenagers that believe so deeply in their faith that they are standing up to the greatest government that existed at the time with the courage of young people saying it doesn't matter we have a line we will not defile ourselves I don't know about you but that inspires me I don't know about you but it makes me want to say oh God May we have teenagers in this generation that step up in their high schools and say, I will not be defiled. I know whom I believe. I know what I stand for. I will take a stand for what I believe in. Listen, it takes a lot of guts, especially in junior high and high school and in college, to stand on your own, to have some convictions and to draw a line. But I'm also convinced that what 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 13 says, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. You know, there are some of you here that keep struggling over and over and over. And in part the reason that you struggle is that in your mind you've made a decision, but you haven't chosen the, the, the right group of friends to hang out with. You know, the Bible tells us that bad company corrupts good morals. In other words, the Bible makes clear to us that the people that you hang out with the most will typically have the greatest influence on you. So you could say, well, I have these convictions, but if everybody around you has other convictions, and if everybody around you is doing certain things, they basically normalize sin, and after a while you start feeling like it's normal and everybody else does it why am I such a weirdo that doesn't do it because it looks like it's okay and it's the normal thing to do and everybody does it why am I not doing it you see that's what happens when 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 you surround yourself with people that don't have the same kind of values or convictions that you have
That's Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps. We'll reach the conclusion of his lesson in just a few moments. But first, how about a sneak peek at what's coming up tomorrow on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark? Yeah, so Bold Steps Weekend, many of you know, is different than our weekly programming. It's a message specifically for the weekend. And this series is entitled Rewrite, Making All Things New. And this weekend's message is called Moving Past Empty. Uh, look forward to it. So if you have some time this weekend, why don't you grab a cup of coffee or tea and listen online at boldstepsweekend.org or at many radio stations as well. And for even more Bold Steps content, you want to hear our new one-minute feature, which gives you quick insight and a word of wisdom on applying the Bible to your everyday life. We call it the Bold Steps Minute. You'll find that just as easily by going to boldstepsminute.org. Let's return to the message now, The Power of Resolve. Once again, here's Mark Job. I remember years ago, I was working with a young man who had a long history of addiction. For years, he had gotten high and drunk, and he was kind of known in the neighborhood to be that. And he came to Christ, and he had a radical conversion, and he left that lifestyle behind. And for about a year and a half, he did great. People couldn't believe it, that he was walking in sobriety and giving all the honor and glory to Christ. And in the beginning, he hung out with a new set of friends, believers that encouraged him. But then he thought to himself, well, I have a lot of friends that don't know Christ, and so I'm going to hang out with them. And so he started hanging out with them in their neighborhood, at their bars, on their terms. And to begin with, he said, well, I know everybody's going to drink. I'm just going to have a seven up because I don't want to open the doors. And then one day I got a phone call. I could tell it was my friend on the other line. His speech was slurred and his conversation was incongruent. I said, where are you? And he managed to sputter out the address of the place that he was at, and so I drove over there and I picked him up. He had the signs of someone that was high, his eyes were red, his speech was blurred, and he, he just said, I just can't believe I did this. I said, bro, you were doing so good for such a long time. He said, I thought I could be strong enough. I, I thought I could resist. I, I hung out with them and I just thought, well, I'll just take one drink. But to him, being an alcoholic, one drink opened up the doors. And next thing he was back to the same place, his friends laughing with him and Adam. Oh, the Christian, you were just talking to us about God. Now look at where you're at. And later on he told me, I've realized that I can't go back to the same places, hang out with the same people, do the same things, and be strong enough to resist it. I just can't do it right now. Listen, some of you are struggling big time because you've come to God, you've made a decision to follow Christ, but one of the areas that keeps you back right now is that you still hang out at the same old places with the same old friends, and you fall into the same old habits that used to plague your life. Sometimes there has to be a change of circles. Sometimes you have to pull away. You say, well, pastor, I've known them since they were 
kids. We grew up together. I know that. But, I, I, but you have to understand that sometimes you have to pull away until you're strong enough. You have to pull away until your convictions are deeply rooted. You have to pull away until you can stand on your own two feet and influence others instead of others influencing you. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? You see, resolve gives you the courage to influence others. I'm wondering if there's a high school student listening to me here that you think that you're the only Christian at your high school, that you're the only one that's not partying, only one that's not dabbling into sexual stuff, only one that believes in God, just kind of wondering if you think that you're the only one there. What would happen if you truly took a stand in your high school? What would happen if people started knowing that you're a follower of Jesus? What would happen if you opened up a Bible study? What would happen if people started to know that, yeah, you do follow God? I'm wondering if other people would come out of the woodwork, other young people that are interested in God and seeking God. I'm wondering if they also would say, wow, I didn't know that there were other people that were interested. I'm wondering what would happen at your high school if you decided to take a stand for Jesus Christ. Number four, and lastly, not only does resolve prepare you to resist, it empowers you to overcome, it gives you courage to influence. Lastly, it opens the door of spiritual opportunity and favor. All you have to read is the latter part of Daniel chapter 1. And you realize that suddenly, after 10 days of just eating vegetables and not eating meat, that they compared Daniel and his friends with the others, and Daniel and his friends were actually healthier and stronger. Some of you have gone on your diets before, and you know that you didn't look healthier and stronger. You see, it was the favor of God on Daniel giving him strength and power. And it says, and these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding and all kinds of literature and learning. They could understand visions and dreams, all kinds of them. And in the end, finally, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel were brought before the king. The Bible says that their knowledge was 10 times greater than anybody else around them and that God showed them favor and opened up doors to them. Can I tell you this? Listen, when you make a resolve, no matter how difficult it is, but when you make a resolve to follow God and to live for God in a difficult situation, the favor of God always follows obedience. Some of us have no opportunity because we've never made a resolve. Some of us have little opportunity to influence people because we're just like everybody else's around us. Some of us have never learned the power of making a decision in advance. I believe that, this, that, that God gives us favor when we make decisions that are strong and we hold to those decisions regardless of the peer pressure around us. God showed Daniel favor. God opened doors. And what I love about this story is not only 
did they keep their resolve, but God kept prospering them and giving them promotions and leading them to higher places, even though they weren't adapting to the culture around them. They stood for God and God gave them opportunities and favor to influence a lot of the other people. I'm wondering, is some of our witness and our influence is minimal because our resolve hasn't been strong. I'm wondering what would happen to some of your friends and family members if you really decided, I will not defile myself, I'm gonna live for God. I'm gonna draw lines in the sand. I'm not violating my convictions before God. There's a respect that we have for people that live according to their convictions. One of the greatest challenges that people hurl against the church is the hypocrisy of the church at times, saying one thing but not really living it out. But I'm wondering if a whole bunch of people decided, I'm making a resolve not to defile myself in the culture that I live in. What would happen? How would it influence the people that are around us? I believe that some of us in this place today need to make a clear decision I will not defile myself in this area. I don't know what your pressure point is. Maybe your pressure point today has to do with lying and giving in. Maybe your pressure point is in the area of sexuality, giving in, not holding a standard. Maybe your pressure point's in the area of dishonesty because everybody around you is being dishonest. I don't know what your pressure point is, but I believe that we all are pressured in one way or another, and you need to determine before God, what is the resolution that I'm making before God? Not to defile myself. Not to defile myself before God. The resolution not to defile myself before God. I'm talking to a college uh, young lady that's in college right now that's being pressured by her boyfriend to cross lines sexually. Mm. And you know that your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you, encourage you, draw the line. And um, if you need to, break it off. But draw the line. You are a follower of Jesus. I'm talking to that young man that is needs to draw the line on what your eyes are watching. Uh, the pornography that pops up on your screen that you can click twice or three times and get into it. I'm talking to you about resolving in advance, I will not cave in. I'm talking about that young person that you know if you go to that bar with those friends that you're going to end up drinking too much or snorting a line of cocaine or smoking uh, some weed, you know that that will defile you. And I'm telling you in advance that you need to resolve in your heart to resist peer pressure, even if you have to spend a Friday night by yourself in your room because you have chosen, I will not defile myself. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, especially for students that are in school right now, especially feeling the pressure 
of conforming to our culture, the conviction of your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that as they hear my voice and listen to this message, that you will strengthen their resolve not to cave in. And Lord, that their conviction ultimately will be a testimony to your goodness and to your grace. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, amen. And Mark, thank you for the message you ended today, the power of resolve here on Bold Steps. Now remember, if you can't join us here on the radio for any reason, you can always find these messages and listen online by going to boldstepsradio.org. While you're there, you'll also want to request your copy of this month's Bold Step gift, a book that will help you gain a better understanding of God's kingdom and the kingdom life we're meant to be living. It's no secret that politics and culture play a major role in our lives. In fact, I think it's fair to say that many of the modern agendas we see around us are having a pretty sizable impact on our families, our churches, and the next generation. But if we want to combat these worldly influences the right way, is it just a matter of how we vote? Well, in this month's Bold Step gift, we'll see that God is calling us to make a difference by how we live. In the book, The Kingdom Agenda, Dr. Tony Evans invites readers on a journey of practical study regarding the kingdom life that God intends for his followers. With each chapter, he pushes our focus back onto the character and calling of God, inspiring us to approach our world from a heavenly perspective and to start living in a way that serves the agenda of Christ. If you're ready to take some bold steps for the eternal kingdom, Reach out today and request your copy of The Kingdom Agenda when you give a gift of any amount to support the Bold Steps ministry. To make that donation, just go online to boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. 844-615-7363. And one final reminder to find us on social media and get connected with our growing online community. Just go to your Facebook or Instagram account and search for Bold Steps Radio. If you haven't already, you should also subscribe to our weekly podcast so you can easily listen to these messages anywhere you are. Just open up your podcast app on your mobile device and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Joe. I'm Wayne Shepherd, wishing you a wonderful weekend and reminding you to come back next week when we'll continue this new series, Allegiance, Kingdom Living in a Foreign Land. That's coming up on the Monday edition of Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.